the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Joining me now, he typically joins me Thursday mornings at 7.33, but today he's coming in because... It's a little under the weather yesterday, not because of the stock market, um, but because of the actual weather. Chris, how are you? Good, Rob. How are you doing today? Doing well. Um, tech editor with the street.com. That must be a pretty fun job. Yeah, I, I get to see and meet a lot of new people and see a lot of cool new products. You know, I constantly travel out to, to Silicon Valley. So, yeah, I mean, I love it, you know, and, and it's definitely something that, you know, is definitely rewarding and really enjoyable. At the TV station that I work at, we have a tech reporter, a guy named Gabriel Slate, and he always has the coolest gadgets because everyone's trying to send him gadgets that he'll talk about on TV, I suppose. Um, is there a little bit of that happening in your world, or, or because you do the business side of it so much, not so much on the gadgets? No, I have my fair share of gadgets. Currently, I have sitting on my desk a Samsung uh, Gear smartwatch that I have to review, and I have a couple other things sitting in my apartment that, you know, I have to get to. But, yeah, I get stuff constantly pitched, um, you know, and sometimes I'll take a look at it, sometimes I won't, depending upon my schedule. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's that's definitely the, the fun part of the job, uh, you know, not just writing and talking to people, but actually playing with the stuff, too. How often do you get to interact with, um, uh, now I'm dropping his name, <laughs> the, the street.com? Uh, Jim Kramer. How often does Kramer come to the offices? Jim is in the office every day. Uh, I get into the office, you know, about quarter after seven my time, um, and Jim is either just getting in or he's been in for a few minutes. Um, so Jim's here every day, and then he'll go over to CNBC, you know, for a little bit, and then he comes back here to shoot some videos and to do some more writing. And then later on in the day, he goes over to CNBC to film Mad Money um, and, you know, whatever whatever other needs he has over there. But, yeah, Jim's here every day. Is he fun to work with? Because he's one of those personalities that's pretty alpha. Jim is very, very intense. Jim um, knows what he wants, and, and you know, uh, you know, it, the job is rewarding because of that. Okay. I don't have too much, you know, day-to-day interaction with him. Okay. Um, but, you know, Jim, Jim is 
Jim is great because he's a, a source of knowledge um, and he helps you look at things, you know, maybe in a way that, you know, maybe you wouldn't look at it. And, you know, Jim, I can't say enough, you know, about working with Jim. He's kind of an interesting figure. He's definitely a trailblazer in financial media. I'm speaking with Chris Siaccia, the tech editor for thestreet.com. Great site, great content, lots and lots to think about that helps give perspective on investing. Uh, you recently penned an article on Netflix. Um, let's talk a little Netflix. During the big sell-off this week, I looked at it. And I was like, is now the time to buy? Um, you know, I, I think, you know, in terms of the, the stock performance, yeah. I think 2016 is probably going to be a little bit of a rough year um, for Netflix just because – you know they've already said that they you know they're going to roll out you know in you know 130 countries on top of what they're already in so i think that's a little bit of you know baked into the stock um so you know as long as they continue hitting their international subscriber numbers you know the stock may outperform like the S&P or the Nasdaq but i don't think you're going to see another year of growth you know where you had last year where it was up you know 100% or so um, you know, I think that, you know, I, I just don't think, you know, the broader equity markets and, you know, what's going on in the world right now will allow for, for that kind of for move for Netflix. Now, Netflix, though, as on their own, um, it looks like the U.S. subscribers just mathematically have to slow down. But the international subscribers should have years of, you know, kind of sexy statistics tied towards them. Um, am I summing that up correctly? Yeah, and, and Netflix kind of hinted at that. Um, you know, when they reported results earlier this week, they said, you know, getting subscribers in the U.S. is going to be harder going forward. And, you know, the numbers for the first for the fourth quarter um, actually missed, you know, Wall Street estimates, you know, by a little bit. Um, they still say that they're confident, you know, that they can get between 60 and 90 million subscribers in the U.S., which, you know, is a, a wide range. I mean, it's not like, you know, you can you, you can fit a, a 18 wheeler through that that range. Um, so, you know, right now they're at around 44, 45 million in the U.S. So we'll see, you know, whether they whether they can get to, you know, that midpoint, which is, you know, roughly, you know, 70, 70 to 75 million in the U.S. Um, but you're right, international is where the growth is, and, and they've kind of, you know, really positioned themselves really well because they now make most of, most of if not all, of their shows available globally, um, you know, at the same time. And a lot of the programming is doing well. Um, you know, shows like House of Cards does well in Germany. They said that the Bill Murray Christmas special did well in Japan. Um, so things that you wouldn't ordinarily think would do well in, you know, foreign markets because maybe they're not, um, you know, based in those languages, you know, they seem to be doing well, at least according to their, their statistics. Changing gears ever so slightly, the pricing at Netflix. Um, I'm at the point where I just don't care. I just want Netflix. And the whole idea of high definition or standard definition or they're going to confuse me a little bit on that. What is the pricing? Have you figured that out? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're starting to get to the point where they're having more than one option. And I've always been of the mindset that too many options, you know, is never a good thing. So if you're a new subscriber for Netflix, if you're just, you know, going to subscribe for Netflix today, you're going to wind up paying about 10 bucks a month, okay. um, you know, if you want the best quality. You know, they've had people grandfathered in who were paying $8 a month, um, and then, you know, once the grandfathering period ends, which, you know, starts to happen in, in the second and third quarters, they'll get moved up to 10 bucks. But if you want to keep a lower tier, like a DVD quality, um, 
you know, version of, of, of Netflix as opposed to high definition, you can still pay $8. But, you know, I think most people for the extra two bucks are probably – there's not going to be a whole heck of a lot of difference. And when you consider the fact that HBO is $15 a month, you know, I think Netflix has probably a lot of room to, to increase prices over the next couple of years, which should be beneficial for, for the company and its investors, you know, in the long run. Do you think Netflix ever goes to any sort of live content? Because, like, the street does a lot of live content, a lot of video content, and it could, in theory, roll into a subscriber kind of premium situation, and Netflix would be good at delivering it. You know, they've, they've talked about that. You know, I can I can see them doing it. You know, they've got the, the technical capabilities um, to do, you know, live streaming or things like that. I don't think they're ever going to do anything um, – you know, as it relates to sports, you know, um, their uh, chief content officer kind of talked about that and kind of downplayed that. But maybe something with news or something like, a, you know, some kind of big event, you know, maybe they could do something around that. They kind of hinted at that. But, you know, I don't see it, you know, within the next 12 to 18 months. Um, but, you know, the the pace of technology is changing so fast. You know, I could be wrong um, you know, six months from now, just because Hastings, Reed Hastings, the CEO, and his team decided that, you know, they really need to, to get into the live space because that's where uh, people are looking for. But as far as sports are concerned, I, I don't see that happening with Netflix. We've got about 30 seconds left. Give me a little bit on the whole Steven Spielberg um, controversy with Star Wars. So make a long story short, Disney decided to kick back Star Wars Episode Eight to uh, December 2017, which puts it direct in competition with Steven Spielberg's next block, expected blockbuster hit, which is Ready Player One. So I have a feeling that ultimately Spielberg and uh, Warner Brothers, who's producing and distributing the movie, will probably move from that time spot and let Star Wars have its week. Yeah, doing the Christmas release for Star Wars makes sense with all the toys. So Disney's not stupid. Thanks for the call. That is Chris Siaccia, the Street.com tech editor. You can find him at Street.com. That's the Street.com. You can find me at RobBlackShow.com. That's RobBlackShow.com. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. One of my favorite things as a kid was listening to ice hockey. The broadcast of the Washington Capitals when my family lived in Washington, D.C. for a few years. During the cold winter months, you would, you know, grab headphones and sit behind the couch and kind of hide away from dad and watch the snowfall and listen to the dulcet tones of. Ron, Ron Weber, call the games, and it was great because he'd go like Ron Langway skates on the ice. He shoots these cars. I remember it well. I remember watching hockey with my brothers. It was a bonding experience. I remember going to my first hockey game with my brother David, and you know more people. The Washington Capitals were so bad then that more people were in the stands smoking dope and cheering for fights and watching hockey. Um, it wasn't really a, a, a smart hockey town per se. Um, 
So now I'm going to try to pass that on to you. I've got four tickets to give away. I'd like to give it to a family. Or I could split it up two and two, but I'd like to give it to a family because I want one family who's never been to go to a Barracuda game. Um, February 10th, Wednesday night at 7.30 against the Ontario Reign um, at the SAP Center. Uh, winner receives a parking pass as well, so there's going to be no costs. Um, lines for the bathroom are nothing. Lines for food are nothing. Uh, the tickets are unbelievable. You're down on the ice. It's unbelievable. Uh, if you were to pay four tickets to a Sharks game, that'd be probably about $400 per ticket. So absolutely free. And a lot of these players will play for the Sharks in the future. Uh, some of them already have this year. Uh, Melker Carlson was recently called up, and he's been playing great. He was a Barracuda earlier this year. AHL hockey, there's no difference between AHL hockey and NHL hockey. Maybe the skills are, you know, it moves from a 9.5 to a 10. Um, but it's pretty darn close. So there's no slouches in the AHL. So I'm going to be dropping the puck tomorrow night at their game. Um, if you want to come out of that game, you can get tickets at sjbarracuda.com. I invite you to boo. It's the one chance you get to boo me, and I'll actually hear it. Because right now you're, like, going, boo. Stock market's down, and I can't hear you. But, um, yeah, so we'll give it to the first caller, family of four. Uh, or not the first caller, whoever uh, Kevin thinks is a good family of four. But you have to go to the game. If you get the tickets, you don't go. I'm going to be so upset. Uh, Ontario Rain Wednesday, February 10th at 730 Call now, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get the free tickets uh, for you and your family to go see the Ontario Rain Wednesday night, February 10th at 7.30 against the San Jose Barracuda in San Jose at the SAP Center. Free parking pass thrown in there as well, 800-516-1220 to get your calls. Uh, and you don't have to do anything magical. I'm not going to make you come on air and sing a song or anything like that. But uh, go ahead and call, 800-516-1220. Um, sound the trumpets. The European Central Bank, the Bank of Japan, have basically said we're willing to cut interest rates if need be. Um, and Wall Street likes that. So um, it's one of the reasons we're rallying today. U.S. home purchases rebound. 2015 had most sales in nine years. Now, as an investor, you have to learn to think, that's great. But what's the problem here? Uh, most sales in nine years. Last time, we were about ready for a real estate crash, and we got one. So when unemployment's at a, you know, an eight-year low and oil's at a 12-year low, the likely next direction is not a positive one for you. So keep that in mind. The S&P 500's up 28 today. The Dow's up 144. The Nasdaq's up 90. We're having the worst January in a long time. 1960 had a real bad one. 1970 had a real bad one. Uh, there's been worse, but this is starting the year off wrong. And typically, it doesn't necessarily happen. A lot of times what happens is at the start of the year, you know, you get the 401k money coming in. You get a budget flush from last year. But you're seeing marks do very, very well today. Google pays Apple about a billion dollars to keep the search bar on the iPhone. We've lost about $8 trillion of worldwide wealth um, in the last, basically in January is the right way to say it. Um, and that's real money, whether it's – it's not real money. It's paper money, but it could have been real money, and that could have been real money. Could have bought a vacation home in Hawaii, driving real estate prices in Hawaii higher. That fake that paper money, it could have been real money. It could be a lot of cars. So a lot of wealth wiped out. Uh, I like following great investors, um, investors who have made money their whole career, and – who haven't necessarily done it with 
uh, access to venture capital. I don't, I don't mind that, but I tend to find that's that's a different way of making money, and you you likely can't make take advantage of that as much as someone like they can. Um, so you do pay attention to experts, but here's the trick with paying attention to experts: they don't work for you, so you have to take them as very much so a grain of salt. This week, we saw a lot of people come out and go, global bear market, global bear market, global bear market, buy buy gold, buy, buy, hide, go to cash, and they don't know you all. So it could be Nuriel Rubini, who is an economist who has basically been calling for the end of the financial world for years. Um, you got to be careful. There's a mutual fund manager out there named David Tice who always, ha- he always shorts the market and Basically, that means he loses money seven out of ten years. But when he's right, you hear him come out of the wood like a cockroach and beating his little cockroach chest. Um, which, for the record, one thing I love about California, and I don't tell my friends on the East Coast this enough, not a lot of roaches out here. East Coast, much, much, much more prevalent. And I don't think it's because I was living a dirtier lifestyle. I think it's I think the moisture and some other things tied towards the East Coast. China's been acting a little bit more sensibly lately. Uh, they're a little bit more consistent, which is something Wall Street likes. Um, I want you to stay in equities. I got an email from a lady yesterday who, uh, she's in retirement, and she needs to know what to do. And I'm like, I think you should work with someone who gets to know you. That's why I like financial planners. Uh, I don't like stockbrokers. I don't like insurance people. I don't, um, the only title that means anything to me is certified financial planner. It's a copyright that has a, a C around it. Um, you'll hear, like, I'm a certified financial senior expert. There's no such title. It's a made-up title. I am the king with a golden toilet. Made-up title. So certified retirement specialist, made-up title. Uh, there's no credential that goes into that. So know that going in. Hopefully that helps you a little bit. Gold's rebounding after selling off, selling off, selling off. And at some point in time, we knew Iran was going to come back on the market, right? We knew that. And Iran's going to pump more oil out of the ground, and that's going to be a bit of a problem. Now, what's the next thing that we know? Will oil go to 25? Very well could be. There's a lot of oil out there, not a lot of demand. Um, But we also know that countries, and not just countries, but, you know, regions of the world, the European Central Bank, Bank of Japan, have said, hey, we're standing by for more stimulus. We're bracing for a global recession. We're watching it. The U.S. has already raised interest rates, so we're not stimulating as much. But I assure you, where interest rates are right now are very stimulative to our economy. Very stimulative to corporations, to you, to your debt, to your credit. Buying a car, buying a house. So we're very, so much, very much so still stimulating. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Don't forget, I'll be in Palo Alto on Thursday evening, 639, talking income and retirement. You can sign up for the event. It's 5 bucks at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. It's the Friday Ice Report. Friday Ice Report. Your San Jose Barracuda Hockey Updates. It's time to talk a little ice hockey, AHL, San Jose Barracuda. 
Later in the broadcast, I'm going to be giving away four tickets to a Barracuda game with parking, which is pretty darn cool. So I want a family to go. I want a family of mom, dad, two kids. Start thinking about dialing in a little later in the show. But joining me now, Eric Lindquist from the San Jose Barracuda, the voice of the Barracuda. So how are you, Eric? Doing pretty good on the uh, on the road again down in Ontario, California. Had a seven-hour bus drive yesterday. Got caught in a little traffic, but uh, here in Ontario and uh, ready for uh, to kick off the weekend in style with the win against the Ontario Reign. And then you could probably stop by a superstore like a Walmart because there is nothing else going on in Ontario. <laughs> you know what? There's. Uh, you know what? Ontario has grown up a lot uh, since uh, you know, I, I spent some time in, in Long Beach, California, in the ECHL uh, 10 years ago. And 10 years ago, there was not a lot out in Ontario, but uh, it's changed a lot over the last uh, several years. And uh, there's at least plenty of places to go grab something to eat. So uh, it, 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 it's not the worst road city that we visit this year. What is the worst road city that you visit, would you say? And what's the best? Uh, you know what? Uh, there were a lot of kind of stinkers on the East Coast. And what I mean by that, just kind of, you know, smaller type cities that were, you know, with that two or three feet of snow. Uh, okay. Every time we went to Syracuse, New York, they had about, you know, three feet of snow. And you kind of had to huddle up in your hotel room and there wasn't much going on. But uh, on the West Coast, uh, you know, Stockton, there isn't much going on. Uh, Bakersfield's pretty quiet. But uh, we do spend nine nights in San Diego this year, so awesome. uh, I'm not complaining too much. Yeah, just so you know, I want to run for mayor of Stockton one day with my, my tag slogan, the armpit of California. <laughs> I'll vote for you. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I've got something to get in Stockton, and it's it's personal. But um, how how are the Ontario Reign doing, your your opponent? Well, they're in first place in the Pacific Division, and the Barracuda are in second. Okay. And uh, we play the Rain tonight, which is the NHL-AHL affiliate, the LA Kings, tonight. And then both teams will bus back to San Jose after the game tonight, six-plus hours, and play at the SAP Center on Saturday night. So it's a two-game set, and if the Barracuda can win both games they would have a, a tie for first place for the first time all season after the game on Saturday. And there's a good chance Coach Roy Somner uh, might be the all-time wins leader by then, too. Yeah, Roy's going for win number 636 tonight, which would tie the 80-year record held by Fred Bun Cook for the most wins in AHL history. So if he wins tonight and then wins again tomorrow, he would break the record. So, uh the uh, AHL uh, president and commissioner, David Andrews, will be at the game on Saturday at the SAP Center. So it's uh, quite a big event. There's been a lot of press following uh, uh, Roy over the last three months or so. Uh, there, there's more press, national press here at the game tonight. So uh, we're open for back-to-back wins and have uh, Roy standing on top of the wins board uh, come uh, Saturday night by 9.30 or so. And there will be a good luck charm there Saturday as well. Yeah, I, I, the whole KDOW crew is coming out. Uh, I believe you're dropping the puck now. Rob, have you practiced uh, <laughs> your, your puck dropping skills uh, heading into the game on Saturday? Just tell me there's a carpet center ice. <laughs> there will be, although um, it's funny that you say that. There was, uh, three or four weeks ago we had a uh, Yevgeny Nabokov bobblehead giveaway, and Navi, the former Sharks goaltender, uh, dropped the puck before the game. Long story short, 
Um, they didn't have a carpet ready, so Navi had to walk on the ice um, to center ice to drop the puck, and he did slip a little bit. So there was a full meeting after, and uh, there will most certainly be sure be a carpet there for you on Saturday night. We'll bring ice cleats just in case. Um, back to the game. How are the Barracuda doing offensively this year? Any um, any breakout stars? Are, are they consistently scoring on the power play? What's the report card say? Well, you know what? The report card says the uh, Barracuda should probably be in fifth or sixth place in the Pacific Division. Uh, the special teams aren't that great. We're in the bottom five on both the power play and the penalty kill. Uh, goal scoring has been very inconsistent. Uh, goal tending has been up and down all season. But the Barracuda just came off a nine-game point streak, which ended Monday against Bakersfield. So it's been a, it's been a funky season. Uh, they're right in the mix, second place, as I mentioned. Uh, Barkley Goodrow will be going to the AHL All-Star Game in Syracuse in two weekends. Uh, he leads the club in goals, the second-year pro, of course, spent uh, the majority of last year with the San Jose Sharks, and just 22 years old, and he, he's been really, uh, been really good for the Barracuda uh, this year since he was reassigned from the Sharks uh, back in mid-November. Um, how about Rafi Torres? I know there was – I've seen some of the stories that he was going to play in the HL. I think he did, but I think he's off again. What's it like seeing a big boy like Rafi Torres playing with the, the kids in the AHL? Well, you know, he, he is a big boy. He's pretty uh, intimidating, uh, but uh, Rafi's been great. Uh, he did play two games for the Barracuda on the road last weekend. I, I believe I called you from uh, – from Rockford, Illinois, last week. Um, but uh, Rafi played Friday and Saturday. Um, his uh, his knee did not feel all that great on Monday, so did not play. And uh, Torres did not make the trip to Ontario. Uh, you know, I, I like sitting on a bus for seven hours when, uh, when your knee doesn't feel all that great is the best idea. So we left Rafi back at home. And uh, there's a possibility he could play tomorrow night in the uh, second game of this back-to-back series against Ontario. But Rafi's been great uh, over the last week or so of the Barracuda, trying to make his way back to the NHL. When you see someone like a Rafi Torres, who's late in his career, come to the AHL to do some conditioning, uh, is he good with the young kids? Is he uh, a talker? Is he a lone wolf? Um, what well, sort of sight do you see? You know, it's, um, you know, he leads by example. Um, you know, he's in the weight room, uh, you know, first and the last one to leave. Uh, you know, he's got over 600 games in the NHL. So, you know, a lot of the, the younger guys kind of, you know, look up and see what it takes to, you know, get to that level. Um, you know, in years past, we had Kyle McLaren spend some time uh, with the Worcester Sharks of the American Hockey League. We had Claude Lemieux come out of retirement and play uh, 30 games for Worcester before uh, the San Jose Sharks uh, signed him to a contract for the rest of the year. Uh, you know, Claude was a former Stanley Cup MVP and, you know, you know, future Hockey Hall of Famer, you know, at 40 years old, uh, you know, playing with a bunch of 20-year-olds. So that was a real neat experience, and that's what's, the you know, the great part about the American Hockey League. It's, uh, you know, it's for anyone that wants to get their game back in shape uh, before they get back to the NHL level. So we've got about 30 seconds left. Do you want to throw anything in as far as other things in the HL that you're seeing? Well, you know what? Um, I just want to, you know, Saturday night, I know you guys are all coming out. We're looking forward to it. But it's also Military Appreciation Night. Uh, the Barracuda will be wearing camouflage jerseys, which will then be auctioned off after the game to, to benefit defending the blue line, which is an organization that the uh, Sharks have been uh, – 
quite comfortable with over the years. Uh, we'll be honoring uh, military personnel throughout the game on Saturday. And, uh, you know, first place could be on the line. You could possibly see some AHL history. It's a uh, You guys picked a great game to come to. So uh, looking forward to uh, hanging out with you guys before the game. And just don't slip and fall uh, when you drop the puck tomorrow night, bro. You're the best. Um, and if I do slip and fall, make sure you, you you say it loud and proud on there. Thanks for the call, Eric. It'll be all over YouTube the next morning, so uh, we'll be ready. Sounds good. Eric Lindquist with the San Jose Barracuda. Go to SJ Barracuda. Find out more about that game. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. Call the show 800-516-1220. Go to Andrew and Concord. Hey, Rob. How you doing? Doing well. Question for you. Um, yesterday, I noticed oil started to rebound, um, and there's a ETF, or maybe it's an ETN out there, OIL, oil, and that dropped by like 15%. You know why that happened? What's going on with that? Yeah, ETFs are not as efficient as you would imagine, and I don't know. I didn't watch the trading in it yesterday, so I, I'm not speaking for it or regurgitating what you said exactly. Um, at the time, was oil going down or was oil going up? Uh, oil was going up. I think the I think it's an ETN exchange. Exchange traded now. Yeah, it might be. I guess trading in futures. Okay. It dropped by about seventeen percent yesterday, and typically it, it it matches what oil is doing. So it was, it was a pretty big change. Just it doesn't typically it doesn't typically that. match what oil is doing. Um, it but it's not too far apart. Typically, the percentage. It typically matches that ETN. Um, price of oil goes up 5%, that goes up 5%. Yeah, it's year-to-date performance is down 50%. So um, going from about 7 to about, about 4.5, uh, 4 and 3 quarters now. Um, let me talk a little bit about it, and thanks for the call. So in ETN, let's talk about what it is. This is something we never talk about on the show. ETFs and ETN, sometimes they're not very efficient and especially the pro shares, if you ever hear pro shares, um, you'll find them to be problematic, to say the least. ETN is an unsecured, unsubordinated debt. Um, it was first issued by Barclays. It's a type of debt security that differs from other types of bonds and notes because ETN's returns are based upon the performance of a market index minus some fees. There's no period coupon payments, and the distributed no principal protection exists. Um, they could be massively inconsistent, especially when bets are going one way or the other. They're traded on major exchanges. Sometimes they're thinly traded, which can create exaggerations. Um, one factor that affects ETN's value is the credit rating of the issuer. So you have some extra kind of twists in there. This one that you're bringing up is ticker symbol is oil. 
not a lot of people are looking for oil to have a great year. With that said, you know, it doesn't have to move a lot to have a, a pretty good year. Um, oil and stocks seem to be trading in lockstep and barrel at this point in time. They're kind of, you know, working with each other. Um, recently, every time the price of crude oil dropped or rebounded, the stock market kind of did the same exact thing. So, um, I'm not sure I would be owning an ATN, um, unless you're trying to trade it. It sounds like you're pretty knowledgeable on the topic and you feel pretty good about it. Um, so maybe that's something you can do. Um, I just think that some products are a little bit more complicated than others. And I think some investors, you know, be careful of what they get their heads, get themselves into. Um, we've all made mistakes and typically, not typically, you know, more often not, it's the product that we're buying that's the mistake and not the idea behind it. So oil's up about 6% today and this ETN's up about 4.5%. Um, and again, it's, it's tough to describe what an ETN even is on radio. So know that going forward. Um, it's a different type of product. So when you take a look at the holdings inside of an ETN, you're looking at, you know, debt versus the securities or versus the equities. When you take a look at the performance of oil, and again, it's a pretty interesting time to be betting on oil because it had last year's losers tend not to be this year's losers again. It's not always true, but um, you get the idea. Uh, year to date, on the oil market, down 50, index down 26, uh, five-year down 24 uh, versus 12. So there's, you know, it's a pretty tough time to be betting on oil, and I would not bet on oil debt. There's going to be some bankruptcies in some oil companies because of the low price of oil. Uh, oilmen are, let's go, let's go to the oil fields. We're pumping today. <laughs> Tomorrow, guess what? Let's go to the oil fields. We're pumping today. So, just a little level of caution on ETNs. Um, everybody deserves access to unbiased investment advice. Um, an ETN, again, an unsubordinated debt, which most people don't know what is. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Our brains love stories. And one of the areas where I encourage people is, is learn how to tell a story especially if you have a kid. Um, I think that's the difference between success or failure. So there was an article that I recently read, and it summed it up pretty well, where a dean of college said, you know, when it comes to essays, don't tell me, you know, what you did that day. Tell me a story. So um, storytellers own the world. And if you take a second to think about that, you know someone who's got a wild tail, and every time you see them, they have a wild tail, and you're like, you pay attention to it. Whether it's, you know, going out and meeting women, whether it's, you know, how the night starts with surfing and ends with fighting a shark or something along those lines. It's a special skill, and it's probably the one thing that I think we're really missing. Storytellers have to tell stories. They know the punchline. They, they know the takeaway message. They know when to stop telling the story. They know when to pause and catch up. They know when to, you know, uh, work it a little bit more. They deliver the big bang. And they get doors open in life. So you have to tell us why we care. So in my opinion, 
why you care. Um, again, not everyone's going to get why I just said that, but I hope you do. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, money investing and more. Taking a look at some of the uh, market coverage today. Uh, we've had a wild start of the year. So if you take a look at January, it's been horrific. If you take a look at this week, there was pockets of horror and pockets of glee. Today, it's a global equity rebound extending. Hopes for more monetary easing. So that's not good. It's like, damn it. Why can't we just go back to a market that moves up because of solid earnings? Why are we counting on this, this kind of like crack cocaine fiscal stimulus? Japan's like, ah, we'll lower the cost of money. Europe's like, ah, we'll lower the cost of money. Crude oil, $31 a barrel. Yeah, that's good news. It's not $28 a barrel. But it's still $31 a barrel, which shows egregious uh, weakness across the United States, uh, across the world. So are you with me or are you against me? need to pick a side. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. So the 10-year Treasury sits at 2.07. 10-year Treasury bond is issued by the United States, and we look at it because it kind of says, this is where we think inflation is going to be over the next 10 years. This is where uh, we expect growth to be. It's one of those areas where you can expect a little bit of comfort if you go out and buy a 10-year treasury bond. It's probably not going to go kerplunk on you. So it kind of balances a lot of risks and you know digests some of the reward. For it to be where it is now, you have to own stocks. In my opinion, consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks mentioned. Um, but it's also telling you that the world is messed up out there. I've got a friend who recently visited, you know, kids' pediatric cancer ward, and you know, left sobbing and crying. The world is messed up out there, and financially speaking, it's not pretty. So, oil at thirty-one, bad. Ten-year Treasury at two point oh six, not good. But you still got to own stocks. Now, I think you want to own some stocks that have some value components to them, because what we've seen is that high multiples can become lower multiples. So we saw $8 trillion wiped out of stocks in January. That will have an effect. So I hope people don't get scared, but I sense that sometimes they do. I don't think we've, we're done going down. There just wasn't that, you know, everyone at the gym. The other day I saw five people in front of the TV at the gym. I need to see 10 people in front of the TV, and the next day it still be lower and no one's in front of the TV. Like I, w- I want to see people quit. I want to see people give up. Starbucks investors are worried that coffee consumption may be weakening in China. Oh, no. China comp sales have been at 6%. It's decelerated to 5%. Um, they've opened 151 stores in a quarter. Weakness in China bleeding into coffee. You know, Is it a consumption issue? It's not. Um, Starbucks, good, great long-term name for a patient there. Um, the one thing I like about Starbucks is that they've got some things up their sleeves. And what I mean by that, they've got breakfast and they've got alcohol. Not just tea. Oh, tea. Yeah, they got tea up their sleeves too. 
you're not just expensive coffee. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. They just had their best holiday season ever, Starbucks did. Good long-term patient name. You can find me at robblack.com or robblackshow.com, robblackshow.com. Uh, tweet me at robblackshow.com, YouTube robblackshow.com. And uh, by all means, come out to the event Thursday evening in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. You can sign up for income and retirement at robblackshow.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. Little Black Keys. Sexy music. Good rock and roll music. Isn't good rock and roll music usually sexy? Mm, I don't know if it's always the case, but it's pretty sexy stuff. About a week from today, a little bit less, I'm going to be doing the first event of the year, the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning in Palo Alto, the 28th, 6.30 to 9 at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. Great location, easy location to get to on El Camino. Um, easy parking. Michelle Lerman's going to be there talking to state planning, creating your legacy. Uh, Secrets to tax-efficient investing, CFP Chad Burton will cover that, what you can do to maximize Social Security benefits. Um, you don't want to outlive your savings. Maybe you want to get to the last day and the last dollar, and both of them run out on you. That's fine. CFP, Chad Burton, New Focus Financial. How are you, sir? Good, good. Yeah, I used to say I want to bounce the last check that I write the day I die, but nobody writes checks anymore, right? <laughs> Isn't it funny? I guess, I guess I'll go online and send my last payment that won't clear. It's um, times have changed. It's like, I'm going to go to the phone booth and call you. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> I still remember. I'm trying to remember the last time I've even seen a phone booth. I'm trying to remember the last time I've seen a phone other than inside of a business. Like, I think most people have gutted them from their houses, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you know, we're kind of the last hold on because of the, the package thing, and we have one for emergency, but I can't even remember the last time anybody even used it. I had one of those packages for emergencies through Comcast, you know, the triple play thing. Yep. And then one Saturday morning, and I like to sleep till 7 on Saturdays because I get up at 4 usually. One Saturday at 7, there was a phone call from a solicitor. I'm like, this phone is coming off the wall. <laughs> that, that was it. That, that was it. One solicitor. But anyway, and, and anyhow, things do change. So you're talking about the 10 pillars. Will those 10 pillars even be the t- same 10 pillars in 10 years? Or will well, they too them, change? One of them's already changed. Which one's changed? Uh, the Social Security piece of it and oh, yeah. maximizing Social Security. So um, as part of this budget deal that got passed the last minute, there was certain loopholes that you could do to, to really maximize Social Security's file and suspend strategies, and they cut it off at certain ages. So April 1st is a key date for a lot of people in this in this range. And there, there's a blog up on New Focus Financial that you can read about it. Uh, so, there, you know, that that has changed in terms of it's, it's changed some people's financial plans that are in this window of spouses between the ages 62 and 67 right now, um, and the ability for younger people to to do some of those strategies. So it's, it's changed. 
Um, I can tell you what hasn't changed is the strategy. Um, you know, I've been doing this for almost 17 and a half years now, yep. doing radio spots together. And I've been talking about the same thing over and over since then, which is, you know, three years worth of portfolio draws in cash in retirement. And because you, you have to go through recessions every seven years or so, and I'm not saying we're going through one right now. There's certain sectors of our economy that are, but if you have a plan in place, it doesn't matter if you go through one. It's painful. It can be scary in retirement, but you spend cash, you use dividends and dividend achiever stocks that continue to raise their dividends even through a recession to feed that cash, and you rebalance when you have positive quarters. Because even in a rough market, you sometimes get these huge rallies in a quarter, and uh, your your job in retirement is to peel off some of that growth and replenish your cash and, and move on and wait for better days. I got an email from someone from television, believe it or not, that she said yesterday that she's got two accounts. What should she do? And I was like, why do you have two accounts? And she goes, I have one account. I split my money because I I don't want it all in one place. One's with like a Vanguard, it sounds like, really low cost, and one's a little bit more expensive. But she gets a little bit better service. Um, Can you believe in this day and age that people still split accounts and, and, you know, kind of like – I don't trust any one group. Therefore, I'm going to have them on separate pages and, and managing my assets. I find that ludicrous. But anyway, what's your thoughts? Well, it's people in their 20s and 30s, they grew up with a tech bubble bursting and then the credit crisis. So they just don't trust people. And you have to go through a, a re-education. And I think if you know people are struggling trying to teach their kids how to save money in stocks, yeah. teach them about dividend-paying stocks and dividend-achiever stocks and have them just buy a couple and see the dividends hit their account on a quarterly, semi-annual, annual basis. And you get paid to hold the stock and the company's returning cash to you. And that actually tends to make sense to a lot of younger people and they, they kind of get on board with it. So we don't want this decade of lost investors like Japan had. So you and I are getting together and like you said, it's been 17 and a half years and you've outlasted a wife of mine. You've outlasted basically... <laughs> Many friends, um, many places that I've worked in the past in radio and television. Um, so we've got a little bit of history on our side, which I think tells you that you know we both respect what each other does in the, the world of finance, and you do a great job. You're going to be doing a presentation Thursday night, next Thursday night, or this Thursday night's the way of saying that, I suppose, the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning in Palo Alto, um, 6.30 to 9. Anything that might be new to this event, because I guess what should be new is – this is the first time in a while we've seen challenging market conditions. You know, one of the worst Januaries of all time as an investor so far. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, the same people that tend to really panic and, and have problems and call, and we don't really get a lot of calls because, you know, we're, we're doing the planning in the, in the front end. And last year we trimmed portfolios quite often to keep them to the risk tolerance because they'd grown so much over the previous five years. The same people that, Get nervous on the downside are the same ones that are really trying to become more aggressive when the market's already increased. So people really need to kind of check their emotions and learn to do the opposite of what their gut is telling them. I mean, right now I'm looking for bargains. Um, so just the idea of, of what you have to do with the portfolio, become non-emotional, draw lines in the sand in terms of asset allocation and percentages in your portfolio. So when the equity side goes up too much, you're going to have to peel and replenish your safe money. Does that mean sometimes you pay taxes? Yes. Congratulations. You paid taxes because you had growth. 
Um, so it's it's the bond side that's the most challenging environment still. Stocks are going to do what stocks always do, but interest rates are still very low, and that really affects retirees. So a couple of bond alternatives that we'll talk about. Gotcha. Um, and that's it. CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. He's got a great podcast at iTunes. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. You can subscribe to his podcast as well at newfocusfinancial.com. The big event is coming up Thursday evening, Income and Retirement. Sign up for it in Palo Alto today at newfocusfinancial.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.